Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Here at our church, you know, last week we kind of told everyone and shared what my family's going through with our son Jude, and uh, I just wanted to thank you so much as a church family uh, for reaching out to us. We, you know, started that. Pray for Jude at col.tv uh, email, and we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails that were encouraging uh, Jude. And we've got messages from countries all over the world, people that are saying that Jude is going to jump over that hurdle, and that they're in, he's he's inspired them to jump over that hurdle. So that really blessed him. Jude really, really wanted to be here today, uh, but he is just. The, he, He's very weak and, and uh, physically, he's strong in his spirit, but he's uh, going through a really tough time with the treatment right now. So if you could please continue praying for him. He's watching online today. Uh, his heart is here. He loves Torin, and I uh, was wanted to be here to see that. But uh, I love that because, uh, I, you know, I'm in a valley in some areas of my life, as, as you see. But there's other people that are celebrating, and I think that's what being in church is all about. It's, being, it's getting to sit next to someone who's on a mountaintop when you're in the valley, right? And, and you can hear their encouragement about how, oh, I remember when I went through a tough time. Do you know how many stories I've heard this week of people who have walked through cancer and who have seen God heal their family members or heal them? It's built my faith in such a great way. So I just, one more time, Torin Wells, that's that fantastic. That really blessed me. That's me just, uh, that's me just kind of going over how grateful I am for what God's doing here today. Well, Vision Sunday is a wonderful day. Uh, I thank you so much for being here. If you're watching online, I wanna welcome you. Maybe you're visiting at City of Life. Uh, maybe you came because you heard about Torrin or it was Vision Sunday. It doesn't matter, you're here. That's the main thing. I wanna tell you really quickly, February, we just found out something really exciting this week. We do something called Love Strong here, which is for married people. Raise your hand if you're married in the room. Uh, raise your hand if your spouse is sitting next to you. Look at your spouse and say, I really love you. And actually, tell them, say, you look really hot. Actually, don't say that to a stranger. Say that to only your spouse. That's could be very, uh, very confusing if people tell you you're hot in church and you're not married to them. Put, put, put you off a little bit. But uh, for those people that lifted their hands, this is good, good news. We just found out that Earl and Onika McClellan, which are some of the greatest preachers in the world, some of my favorite pastors in the world, they pastor Shoreline uh, in Dallas, exploding church, multiple campuses in Dallas. They just confirmed that they're going to be our guest speakers for Love Strong in February. So you're going to want to make sure that you're here at Love Strong. It is going to be fantastic for marriages. So fired up about that. Turn to Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. That is my text scripture for the day. I hope this scripture challenges you. Uh, I hope that this whole message challenges you to believe for the best that God has for you and your family and your city and your church. So Vision Sunday is all about. It says this, when they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, the man and his wife hid in the trees of the garden, hid from God. God called to the man, where are you? He said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. God said, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from that tree I told you not to eat from? 
Today on Vision Sunday 2023, I'm gonna teach a message to you called What They Don't Tell You About Dreams. What They Don't Tell You About Dreams. Father, thank you for this time together. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. I thank you that you are a supernatural, wonder-working, miracle-working God, and you are powerful and able and willing today Lord, to do whatever it is that people need. I pray for people that are watching online, that are in desperate situations, people in this room that need a miracle in their body, in their finance, Lord, in their soul, in their heart to be put back together again. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name for deliverance to be in this room. Let there be a spirit of hope and liberty here as, as you come into this message, God, and let your word come alive in each and every heart. We just thank you for what you're about to do here today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Now, also, if everyone could say, Lord, Please help the Cowboys next year. I need this desperately. I need some help here. This is really bad. Giants and Cowboys, we both failed this year, so that's all right. So what they don't tell you about dreams. Normally, people tell you what they do tell you about dreams. So I'm going to talk about some things that people don't tell you. So let's talk about a dream for a second. What is a dream? When we think about that concept of dream, not just, you know, you go to bed at night and you, you dream you're being chased by monkeys or something. I'm not talking about that. What, what is the kind of dream that we talk about inspirationally? Well, I'd like to give you one definition. A dream is the difference between where you are and where you want to be. A dream is the difference between where you are and where you want to be, where you hope to be. And I think that there are people in this room right now that have dreams, dreams that God gave you, something that God put in your heart, a glimpse of something that he showed you, a vision that he gave you of something that he could possibly do in you. There are people that are watching online. You've seen hints of what your future could look like if you could do what God wanted you to do. But maybe some of you have given up on that dream. What causes us to give up on the dream? We see that there's many obstacles. There's so much pushback when it comes to a dream. In scripture, we see Joseph, a young man that has a dream that, uh, you know, he's, uh, the sheaves are out there in the field and his brother represent all the other sheaves. They bow down to him and he goes and he tells his brother this dream. His brother's this dream. They get angry at him. Then he goes and has another dream where the, the sun and the moon and 11 stars, he has 11 brothers. That means his mom and his dad and all of his brothers bow down to him and they get angry at him. There's a difference between where he was when he dreamed that and where he wanted to be if he were to fulfill that dream. You're not where God wants you to be 10 years from now. You might be where he wants you to be now, but there's a difference in where you are now and where he's trying to take you. Can someone say amen to that? So that's what I'm trying to get at is that the dream is the difference between where you are and where he wants you to be. Moses was 80 years old, 80. I mean, I'm 50 and I feel like I've lived a pretty long life so far, but this guy's 80 years old. He at 40, he murdered someone and left Egypt and went into a different life. He was on the run so that he wouldn't be arrested, started a completely different life. He grew up with royalty. He was sophisticated. He was cultured. He knew multiple languages. He was intelligent. And he's out there now just a shepherd watching after his father-in-law's sheep. He's turned into a shepherd because he's on the lamb running. And while on the lamb at 80 years old, looking like his best years are behind him, 
this bush catches on fire and starts speaking to him, saying, hey, you're going to set my people free. He's like, me? Like, yeah, you, you're going to set them free. And not only that, you're going to lead them into a land of milk and honey. So see, there was a difference between where he was and where God wanted him. Can someone say amen today? That's what I'm trying to get at. The Bible is important to us because the Bible gives us glimpses and visions and dreams about what life is going to look like long term. Like, for instance, when we look at the Bible, we see the new heaven and the new earth that no matter how bad this world gets, God assures us there will come a day where he will wipe the tears from every eye. There will be no sickness, no disease, no sadness any longer. We will live in the, the, the capital city of heaven is called New Jerusalem. It's enormous. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about it's like it's this gigantic square. It's, it's the architecture is, is going to be gorgeous, but it's 600,000 stories. It's, it's 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. So it's 1,500 miles high. That's the, that's the dimensions of just the capital city of heaven. That means 2.9 million square miles of just city. That's, a, that's unbelievable. Why, why is that so cool? Because we get a little glimpse of saying, no matter how tough my life is, someday that's where I'm going to live. What is that? That keeps us going through the tough times. That's why God gives us heavenly glimpses. In Revelation, we see the, the 24 elders and, and, and Jesus, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And there's worship and praise and honor going on. And it's beautiful. Why do we have these images? It's a dream. It's a vision. It's something that tells us that he's taking us somewhere, somewhere different than where we are right now. A dream is the difference between where you are and where you want to be. So there's a key question that God asks Adam in our text scripture. Adam has disobeyed God. Sin has caused him to be in a position now where he's being shameful. And God asks him a very simple question. Three words. Where are you? And I would just like to tell you today that God is asking you that same question this morning. Where are you? The best thing that Adam did in this scripture was to answer God honestly. He said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. See, I think that is a really critical idea to getting from where you are to where you want to go. The critical idea of getting where you want to go is admitting where you are. You can never get where you're trying to go unless you're honest about where you are. When I was growing up and mom and dad started this church. Now, you have to remember, there was not a Walmart in St. Cloud. There was nothing. I mean, St. Cloud was nothing at that time. So back in the day, when I used to talk to people growing up, I'd meet all these people from these big cities. And I was a recording artist and traveling all those. They would say, where are you from? I'd say Orlando. Well, I'm not from Orlando. You know where I'm from? I'm from a place called St. Cloud. 34772. The cloud, baby. That's where I'm from. I would try to make it sound bigger than it was by saying I'm from Orlando. But it's not true. That's not where I'm from. I live in St. Cloud. See, so stop trying to make your story sound better than it is. 
it's time to start admitting exactly where you're from. There's some people in here that have convinced yourself that you're from Orlando, but I got news for you. You're from Narcosi. Yeehaw Junction. I don't know. If you're from Yeehaw Junction, just go ahead and tell people from Orlando. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you right there. That's hard. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm from New York. Where are you from? Yeehaw Junction. Excuse me? Ye- yeehaw. Yeah, did you say yeehaw? Yeah, I mean, that's a really, that's a tough one right there. <laughs> here's the problem. If you want to get to the Grand Canyon and you're in Yeehaw Junction, but you put the coordinates in from Orlando, it's going to tell you how to get there from a place that you aren't. It's not possible to get where you want to go unless you admit where you are. And it's time for some people on Vision Sunday, when you start looking at where God wants to take you to admit, I'm an addict. I'm angry. I'm hurt. I'm bitter. I live with unforgiveness. All I do is ask why, why, why. I can't get over my past. I'm stuck. I don't pray enough. I don't believe the promises of God. I don't trust God with my money. I hold on to stuff because I'm afraid if I give it away, I can't get it back. You know what that's doing? That's putting in the GPS where you are. That's trap. And I got great news for you. Wherever you are, if you're just honest, God will calculate a route for you. He will calculate a route out of where you are. to where he wants you to be. God wants to give you a glimpse of your future. He wants to give you a God dream, a God vision. I'm not talking about the kind of stuff that you just come up with. That's not what I'm talking about here today. Stuff you just saying, oh, someday I want, you know, a Lamborghini and I want a house in Colorado. That's that's not what I mean. That's more your imagination. And it, it. You know, whatever's born of your heart, you'll become a slave to. But if it's born out of faith, you become a follower of faith. So I I want something that God shows me to be born out of faith. I want to have a burden for the things that he's put on 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 my heart for my future. Uh, So, for instance, let me give you an example. When you are fighting for the dream, and when I say fighting for the dream, that doesn't sound very romantic, but that's exactly what you have to do for the kind of dreams that God will show you. You've got to fight for them. When you're fighting for the dream, the reason he shows you that beautiful dream is so you'll be willing to fight when times get tough. So you'll be willing to push when you feel like quitting and you feel like giving up when it tries to get taken away from you. Look at someone next to you and say, you've got to have some dog in you. Tell somebody, you got to have some dog in you. You say, what is that dude talking about? It means you got to have some fight in you. You can't quit when the devil tries to threaten your dream. 
You got to get tough. You got to fight back. You got to look right in his eye and say, absolutely no. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You got to learn how to resist and push back when it starts pushing against your dream. You know, uh, in all the stuff that's happening with my life right now with my son and, and these different things, it's kind of weird. Like uh, you know, first of the year when all the stuff happened, I completely gave the movie over to my entire uh, production team, all the producers on my team. I just stepped back completely from it. I didn't have anything to do with anything. I mean, there's these meetings going on with 30, 40 uh, publicists, marketing companies, all these things about the theatrical release. So I wasn't even doing anything, but it's so weird that when I stepped back from it, uh, I, I had to get on this one call that they needed to answer some questions. And when I got on the call, they were like, this is crazy. We thought we had 750 theaters. And then, you know, Regal jumped on board. Cinemark jumped on board. Then AMC started saying, well, why are they showing it? But we're not showing it. They asked for a private screening in Kansas City. Now AMC has added 750 theaters. And now we're about uh, 1,700 theaters right now. On March the 10th, Southern Gospel is going to be in that many theaters, and it's growing. And then not only that, our streaming deal that we did with a company called Up Faith and Family that was supposed to start on April 1st, but when they found out about the theatrical, they pushed it back one more month to say, we want to give you seven weeks to be in theaters instead of three weeks in theaters. So all this stuff has started exploding, but let me just tell you something. As this stuff is landing with the movie, I calculated, I have spent over a thousand hours on the phone. This is not a joke. This is numbers. Like this has been going on for 13 years. This, this actually 15 years uh, that we've been putting this deal together for this film. I spent over a thousand hours on the phone. You know how many countless times I've had people say this isn't going to work. They've backed out. There's no more funding. Oh, the, the actors quit. They walked off. The camera department is quitting. They walked off. We can't get this editor. We can't do this. And there's been so many times in my life that I literally have thought to myself, am I forcing something that I want? Like, am I pushing my own agenda at the expense of my family, of my church, of all these different things? Am I like being so stubborn toward God that I'm saying this will happen no matter what? Or is this a God idea? Are you with me here today? These are the kinds of questions we ask ourselves if we're being honest about our lives. And throughout the whole way, I've had to fight. I've had to fight. My father had to fight for this church for so many years. People didn't want him to have it. They wanted to take it away from him and to fight. And I'll tell you that when God gives you a dream, it won't go away. It won't go away. I'll tell you why I know that. Let me tell you something that won't go away from my heart. What won't go away from my heart is being the pastor of this church. It's in my heart. I want to be here. This is where this is where this is where I feel called. I've got all these other opportunities to do more films. I'm going to do more films, but there's never it's never even entered my mind to do something other than this. Why? It's, all, it's, it's, it's what burns in me. It's that vision, that dream that God has shown me about my future that I'm gonna keep running toward it. So anything else I do has to come alongside this. It cannot replace this. That's what a God dream looks like. It's when you know, you absolutely know there are people in this room. There's a business that you're going to start someday. There is, it doesn't matter what tries to come in your way. God wants you to start it. And no man can stop what God has put in your heart. No man can come against the door that God is going to open for you. There are people in this room 
that have a vision to, to preach or to, to minister or to, or, or to sing or to do things. And if God has shown you that vision, you better believe hell is going to push against you to make you stop. Look at someone next. You say, but you got to have that dog in you. You got to be a believer. You got to have big visions. Vision Sunday. You got to have enough vision to believe for something that's bigger than you can imagine. I just, I'm trying to use examples from my life because it's something that I've done. But I'm, when, we, when my partner Ken and I first started raising money for the movie, we were raising $1.2 million. And we literally said to each other, How, I don't even know anybody that's got $100,000. How are we going to raise that much money for a movie? And we started talking and, and meeting investors and different people. And finally, when we ended up doing the movie, it was a $6 million movie. The vision expanded. We started enlarging our vision. Well, if we met someone that's able to do this, then we can meet someone that's able to do that. Started sharing the vision, and God brought the resource because the vision was there. When you're able to articulate your vision, as a matter of fact, Alexander the Great had a philosopher that came before him and was going to ask him for a large sum of money. It was actually $50,000. And everyone that knew this philosopher, this is a true story, told this philosopher, if you ask him for $50,000, he will have you executed. No one has ever asked him for something like that. It's extravagant. It's completely over the top. Don't do it. But this guy demanded to go share his idea, his vision with Alexander the Great, and ask him for the money. And when he did, Alexander the Great was absolutely blown away. He said, let me tell you why I'm impressed is you not only understood the vastness of my wealth, but you also understood the vastness of my generosity. And he went ahead and he gave him what he was asking for. Why? Because his vision, he had seen a vision in his heart. Can you see the vision for your life? Can you see a vision for your family? Do you have a dream that God has given you? If so, hold on to it. And believe for the biggest, believe for the best. If you think my dad is a great man, you're right. He is an unbelievable man. And one of the things I love about my dad is all this stuff you see around here, this property, everything is developed. This is all stuff that came out of his heart, a dream that he had. None of it existed. We had nothing growing up. And when I say we weren't poor, we didn't have the OR on the end. We were just po. That's what it looked like we were growing up. We, was in the, we lived in Kansas. We didn't have a heater. And at nighttime, my dad would plug in a, 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 a hair dryer and, and dry my family with a hair dryer to keep us warm at night. Didn't have any money. I grew up living in cars, living in travel vans. Didn't have anything. The, what you see all around here is a dream that God gave a man that didn't have anything except a dream. And he had God. That's what he had, a dream and he had God. And everything that we're a part of here is because God gave him a dream. But when I, the reason I'm telling you that is my dad told me as uh, a few years ago, he said, you know what? He is the, the, the one regret that I have. He said, if I could go back and do everything again. This is not someone I'm telling about that's not here. He's sitting on the front row. He's right here. He said, if I could do it all again, he said, I would ask God for so much more. He said, because every single thing that I ever asked God for, he gave to me. Everything I ever asked God for. So my question is, are you limiting God with the size of your dream? Are you limiting God with the size of your dream? I want to see a church 
I want to see people that are watching online. I want to see a community that's got dreams that are so big that only God could cause it to happen. If your dream is big enough for you to make it happen, it's not big enough. We need dreams that are so big that only God could cause it to happen. Second Kings chapter 13, verses 17 through 19. It says, and he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows to the king. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times. So, so he's telling him, strike the ground. The king strikes three times. And then it says the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Why? Because when the man of God told the king to strike the ground, he chose three. One, two, three. He didn't realize that every time he was striking the ground, it was demonstrating his faith. If he would have struck a hundred times, he would have struck Syria a hundred times, but he chose three. What's the size of your faith today? If God is saying, dream from me, I want people that are willing to dream. I want people that are willing to open their hearts and go to the four corners of the earth, spreading the gospel. No dream is too big for me. I'll come behind it. I'll finance it. I'll put my anointing on it. I'll put my touch on it. Dream whatever. But how big is your dream? Are you striking the ground one time? Three times? Ten times? I love vision. Vision is powerful. My dad built this church on vision. We've had Vision Sunday forever. We used to call it Destined to Win back in the day. And what I like about having a church with vision is where there is no vision, there is division. But see, at City of Life, we have a very clear vision to make the hope of Jesus known by building a large, multicultural church, transforming culture through creativity and empowering ordinary people to lead others and live dynamically for the cause of God's kingdom. I love the idea that it's clear what we do here, and our vision is always going to be wrapped around that to make the hope of Jesus known. And so today on Vision Sunday, we have to understand vision for our corporate life, for our personal life. We have to clearly articulate it, and we have to understand that The things that people don't tell you about dreams are. I'm going to give you four things right now. Number one. What they don't tell you about dreams is that if you have a dream, number one, people are going to hate you for it. Look at someone next. You say, that's nice. When you tell people your dream, you think they're going to celebrate it. You ever told something great to someone? You say, oh, we decided to build a house. They go, really? What's wrong with that one that you have? You know what I'm talking about? You know that logo right there? I thought she had one. Did you get kicked out or something? It's like people are going to hate you for your dream. But you got to be willing to deal with that. You got to be willing to know what God has called you to. And to be confident when people push back on you. I know what God has showed me about my family. I know what God has shown me about my kids. I know what God has shown me about my church and my city. I've seen it. I've seen it in my spirit. I cannot unsee what I've already seen. So you have to be 
willing to understand that people are not always going to celebrate. God will bring people to your life that will celebrate it, but a lot of people are going to hate you because of your dream. Number two, people are going to try to take it from you. It's not enough that they just hate it. They're going to be people that stand in opposition to you, try to take it from you, try to steal it from you. Number three. It's going to cost you more than you ever imagined. It's going to cost you more than you ever, you ever imagined. There are going to be times you ever heard that scripture that said God will not give you more than you can handle. There's going to be times where you go and wonder if you believe that or not. If you're ever going to have the kind of dream that we're talking about. There's going to be times where you say, you know, it would be so much easier just to give up right now. And this is really important for us to know that when God gives us vision and he wants to, us to live our lives on a trajectory of growing in our faith, growing in our trust, growing in our preparation to be everything he's called us to be. You know, I've known great men and women of God who were on a trajectory of growing, learning, becoming who died, maybe died young. What does that mean? It means that it's really not always about the outcome of where we end up. It's about the faith and believing what God has told us. Because I got news for you. It's not simply about your dream. Your dream, if it's a God dream, is going to make space for other people to develop and other people to dream. And that trajectory, you say, well, why would God take someone here and take them out? Because they were bringing people up with them along the way. While they were rising to that level of vision, other people's vision started to grow and they started moving on that upward trend. So it, it's not just about you, right? Amen. It's about your family. It's about the people around you. It's about the people that sit next to you seeing, you know, when, when you finally come to church, say, hey, I finally got that loan for my business. Are you kidding me? The one that you've been talking about for 10 years, you're going to bake that cupcake shop and give free cupcakes to Pastor Jeff every Monday morning. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Phenomenal. What does that do? That makes them, the person that hears it, want to believe that it's time for them to start getting in gear about their dream. That's what dreams do. Dreams encourage other people to believe their dreams. I was very excited. Pastor Amanda, just as she's walking away, I'm sorry, it's a terrible time, but Pastor Amanda just wrote a, a book, a, a grief journal, and she's working on another book. I wrote a, a book a few years ago, Jesus First, Jesus Always. I remember looking at my staff, everyone sitting around the table. I said, you guys are going to write books younger than I did. I said, there are people in this room that sitting around this table. You're going to start writing way younger than I did. I was 46 or something when I wrote my first book. That, that's what dreams do. When people start going for their dreams, it makes other people know, wow, I can go for mine too. That's faith. Faith is contagious, guys. I want us to live big lives for the Lord. And I want us to realize that it brings you closer. Well, well it, it, it takes more than you thought it would. That's number three. But the fourth thing is, it brings you closer to God than you ever could have imagined. And I'll end the message today by talking about Jacob for just a quick second. Jacob cheated his brother, kind of swindled him out of his birthright, and then also came in and disguised himself and took the blessing from their father, Isaac. And when Esau found out about this, he wanted to kill him. So Jacob ran and went to his uncle Laban, went, 
lived in a different city. For 20 years, he worked there. He accumulated all this wealth, became successful, and he finally went back to make amends with his brother because even if he was wealthy in this other city, God had called him to be blessed at his home, and he knew that it wasn't really gonna count till he could have all that wealth back where he belonged. So he's going back home, and he's coming up with all these ways to avoid his violent, you know, aggressive brother. So he splits up his tribe and all his cattle, all his wealth into two areas. That way, if Esau attacks one, at least half of what he has will survive. And he sends all these gifts and waves to, to Esau to impress him. And finally, the last thing he does is he, he gets alone by himself, and he's going to confront Esau by himself alone with no one, just to kind of humble himself and say, look, I, I screwed you over. I shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. Please don't kill me. I want to be friends with you. <laughs> and this is the night that the Bible says that God sent a man to wrestle with Jacob. And it's a very strange story if you don't know it. Uh, even if you do know it, it's strange. But he wrestles, like physically wrestles with Jacob all night long. And Jacob won't give up. He doesn't even know who this guy is. He's like, yo, you want to wrestle? Let's go. He had that dog in him, didn't he? He's not going to give up. He ain't going to quit. And finally, as it was, the night was almost over, the man touches him on the hip. And we later find out that this is God, touches him on the hip and dislocates his hip so he'll win. So, so he can finally win. And he asks Jacob, he says, what's your name? He says, my name's Jacob. He says, well, I'm going to change your name to Israel which means one who contends, who struggles, who wrestles, who overcomes, who does not give up, one who wrestles with God and man. And see, I think what Jacob learned from that is, I thought the struggle was with my brother Esau. I thought I was wrestling with him for years and years. Then I moved and I found Laban and he wouldn't give me the right wife and he made me work and told me one thing gave me something else and I worked again then he changed my wages 10 times I thought I was wrestling with Laban but once I've stripped everything away in my life and I've come down to the bare essentials of who I am I realized the whole time all the pushback was actually coming from God and I was wrestling with God but I wouldn't quit and I wouldn't give up and that's why he's gonna bless me so if if you have a dream today and you feel the pushback and you feel like giving up, don't give up today on Vision Sunday. You keep contending. You keep believing. You keep living in faith. You keep declaring. And it doesn't matter if your dream dies for five years or 10 years or 20 years. Look at Moses, 80 years old. Whoever would have thought that his dream was going to come to pass. You keep believing that God's best is in front of you. You keep believing that there is purpose and destiny in front of you. And God will be faithful to you if you just don't quit. Those are some things that people don't tell you about dreams. And before I pray this prayer for people in their dreams and for people to know Jesus, I do want to tell you that as far as a church for 2023, a lot of great things in front of us. I want to mention the name, the dream house. There's a building that we're going to build here on our property. That's about a 12 to 16,000 square foot, four story complex that will have television studios, movie studios, audio studios, 
uh, that are also good. It's going to be a, a great forum for our school to be able to teach people how to do the arts in different ways, to teach people through Bible school. There's going to be a restaurant there, all kinds of different things. Uh, when you hear us talk about, we're going to be unveiling this idea over the next several years of something called the Dream Campaign. It's going to talk about another City of Life Christian Academy that we're going to build across town, some various things that we're going to do in Puerto Rico, things like that. That's all part of the dream concept. So when you hear the word dream around here for our future, get excited because there's a lot of fantastic things in front of us. There's some amazing things that are coming. We're going to keep transforming culture through creativity. So today, if you could bow your heads and close your eyes, uh, I want to pray for you really quickly before I pray for salvation. Uh, if you have a dream in your heart and you feel like God is stirring it up today, you haven't felt it for a long time. You feel like God is stirring it up today. You say, I want to hold on to this dream and I don't want to let it go. Just lift your hand really quickly. No one looking around. Man, hands going up every single section. That's, that's hundreds of people all over the building. Praise God. I just pray for those hands that are lifted right now in Jesus' name. People online that are watching, lift your hands. I just pray for those people, their hands lifted. God, you know that dream. You're the one that is the author of that. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would give people faith and courage today to move forward, to resist the enemy to move into their purpose in every way, provide the resource, provide the encouragement, let them clearly identify where they are. Lord, be honest with themselves about where they are. A dream is the difference between where we are and where we wanna be. Help close that gap by keeping them online, moving toward grace, moving toward purpose, moving toward faith. Lord, moving toward consistency and faithfulness in every area of their life until they end up finally where you want them to be, God. I thank you for that. And also with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, your heart is not right with God. Your heart is not right with Jesus. I'm gonna to count to three. When I do, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand. If you're watching online, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand as well. And I'm gonna pray for each person that lifts their hand and says, I need to get my heart right with Jesus. I need God in my life. If that's you on three, lift your hand. One, the Bible says now is the time of salvation. Two, I believe every person here has been drawn here by the power of the Holy Spirit for this moment. Three, hands lifted all over the room. If that's you, hands going up in every single section all over this building from corner to corner, people lifting their hands. I believe people watching online, if you've got your hand lifted online, please type that in the chat. I'm lifting my hand, I need Jesus. Would you repeat this prayer with me? I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. I'm turning away from the old life, walking into a brand new life with you, Lord. I will never be the same. I will never be the same. You died for me died. and rose again so I could have victory. Help me have vision. Help me dream dreams that come from heaven, God. And I'll serve you I'll serve all the days of my life. All the days. In Jesus' name, In Jesus. amen. Could we give God an amazing praise on this Vision Sunday? This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.